Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports Babes show. Bros. Hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all Philly. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome in to Babes on Broad, episode number 34, or if you're counting this season, just episode number two. I'm Sam Wilson with my co-host, Jesse Town, and we are the Babes on Broad, brought to you by Bleeding Green Nation and SB Nation. Give us a follow on all platforms at Babes on Broad, so that's Facebook, you got Twitter, Instagram, and then we also have our own website, which is babesonbroadpodcast.com. And then you can find me individually on Twitter and Instagram at samwills18. Jess, you can find on Insta at jessica underscore town with an E and on Twitter at run this town with an E13. Adding on to this spiel today, we have another place that you're going to be able to interact with us every single week. But now you'll be able to actually see and talk to us in real time, so you're not just listening to a pre-recorded thing. But we're going to save the rest of that for the end of the show. Announcement coming later. You have to keep listening. Sorry. So I mentioned this is episode number two of this season. Our first episode, we talked about the Eagles' offensive 53-man roster, and we gave a little preview on that. We talked about the Sixers' vacant head coaching position. But today we're getting super close to the Eagles' not only Eagles, NFL kickoff, that's tomorrow or today if you're listening to it now. And then we have the Eagles opening at one o'clock on Sunday in Washington. So this episode is all about the Eagles, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Love it. Eagles football playing that stupid Washington football team. You literally have to always say Eagles versus Washington now because you can't say Eagles versus Washington football team because that's just stupid. Just aggressive. And and the fact that that's the best they could do at this point, I mean, that's just sad. We just didn't try, let's be honest. No. But (laughs) we're going to spend the majority of this episode, we're going to start by – Going through the defensive side of the 53-man roster, our last episode we broke down the offense, so so we're going to talk about who's made the roster, where our concerns are, and what we're excited to see. Now, to be completely honest, I, looking at this, have a little bit more confidence in the defensive side at this point than I do in the offensive side. Do you agree? Yeah, I 100% agree. I even was telling you, it was weird when we were doing our show sheet and writing down notes, like I feel like it's kind of blank. Because you had all these receivers and everything going on with the O-line that I had to write notes next to everybody's names because stuff was going on. And now it's just like, oh, BG. You know, so you just like have them. They and are then here. <laughs> there are some concerns, obviously, but we're going to start off with the D-end, which I think is where I am not concerned at all. As long as everyone gets their health up to standard, not concerned. Yeah. So your defensive ends, Jannard Avery, Derek Barnett, Vinnie Curry, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, and Casey Tuhill. Um, the injury concerns lie with Jannard Avery, Derek Barnett, and Vinnie Curry. They have all been out with injuries. Um, it seems like most of them are practicing today. Derek Barnett, I did just see, was not practicing. He had his helmet, but no pads. And, you know, we're just kind of trying to, to keep up with what's going on with all the injuries, especially because you know, there's no preseason game. So you don't actually get full injury reports. So it should be, I think, I guess probably today is when they have to start giving the practice injury reports to get ready for the game Sunday. So we'll see a little bit later after this episode is recorded what's going on. But yeah, you, I expect I, everyone to, to step up, do what they need to do. 
pretty good rotational players there. Brandon Graham still playing at a high level. Hopefully Josh Sweat takes that step forward. Other than injuries, not too worried there. Yeah, as long as everybody stays healthy, I feel like I'm pretty confident with this core that if one person does go down, they'll be able to pretty easily fill that spot because I'm confident with it most of the guys very confident so I'm not really stressing too much and just obviously as we always have to do in Philadelphia I'm hoping for help and then continuing with the defensive line I think part of the lack of worry for the defensive end comes with the, the tackles that they have as well so your defensive tackles Fletcher Cox Javon Hargrave Malik Jackson Hassan Ridgeway Javon Hargrave he has been out for the last few weeks um, I believe it was a strained peck was his issue, um, but he is also not at practice today. He, he missed pretty much all of training camp, still not back. They thought he would might be ready for the start of the season, so not sure if he's going to be there on Sunday, um, which is a shame. But you still get your you know All-Pro and Fletcher Cox, and you finally get to see Malik Jackson actually play next to him, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, I know. I'm very excited because obviously we missed that last year. He was supposed to be a big piece of that D-line last year. We missed out on it. And then this year it's kind of a bummer with the Hargreave injury just because he was probably, he was the biggest signing of this offseason and was the most anticipated. And then it's kind of what happened with Jackson last year. So I'm hoping his injury is not too serious. Right now, looking at depth charts, they have Hargrave and Jackson both listed as co-starters. So that probably has to go with their injuries and uncertainty with it. Right. And so I'm hoping it's nothing serious with Hargrave and we'll be able to both see or see both of them. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, his injury didn't require surgery, but you know, they also told us last year that Deshaun's injury didn't require surgery. So I, I do take all of that stuff kind of with a grain of salt and, and you never know what is the most true of, of the statements. But again, the only concern for me there is health because part of what made um, the Eagles defense so successful in 2017, obviously when they went on to win the Super Bowl, was they were able to stay healthy and they were constantly rotating these guys throughout. So you always had a fresh body, but you had guys like Fletcher Cox always staying fresh. That is the best possible option. So being able to rotate Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Malik Jackson, Hassan Ridgeway, that is, I, I mean, that's a, a, a dream of a defensive line. And especially having guys like Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat coming off the edge, that's huge. And that's exactly what you want. Again, it, it comes down to staying healthy because yeah. you, Fletcher Cox is, is, has been fairly, knock on wood, durable. But it's the guys next to him that are supposed to take a little bit of that double, triple team pressure off of him to let him do his thing and, you know, have to actually account for other extremely disruptive uh, defensive tackles. Now, I, I, everyone gets so concerned about the stat numbers. Not showing up in the box score doesn't mean he didn't have an impact on the game, which is what he usually does. But I think, you know, we'd all like to see a few more sacks here and there, tackles for loss, that kind of thing. Like you just said with that, last year with Cox, everybody was so upset because he wasn't getting the sacks that he normally got and the numbers that he normally got. But then when you looked at the film, it was because everybody was focusing on Cox because we weren't healthy in the D-line for so long. So they only had to focus on him. And I think that it will 
hopefully change this year and we'll see his numbers go up. But at the same time, like we're saying, can't always count on the numbers. So then the next line of the defense is the linebackers. And this is one that we scream and yell about constantly because this team hasn't valued a linebacker since Jeremiah Trotter. I don't know if that'll ever change. You know how I feel about letting Jordan Hicks walk. That broke my heart. Um, we both were in agreement that they should have kept Kamo Verge-Hill. Shockingly, they didn't pay him. I mean, I think he, he got a one-year $5 million deal from the Miami Dolphins. We could have started a GoFundMe to pay that, to be completely honest, and it would have worked and been fine. Instead, their linebackers are Sean Bradley, six-round draft pick out of Temple, TJ Edwards, who went undrafted last year, and everyone was shocked about it. He had some good snaps for them on special teams, also had a few, some, a few good snaps towards the end of the season, um, you know, in the actual defense. But really, ex- he's the one I think I'm most excited about on this list, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. Um, Nate Gary, we know what we get from him. Duke Riley, trade from Atlanta last year, only played, really played special teams last year. They're really high on this guy. Alex Singleton, and then third-round draft pick Davion Taylor. Yeah, so for Gary, me, what do you think? I literally have LB for my section title and then eh, row next to it, <laughs> written next to it. And I think that sums it up perfectly. Nate Gary, he's, I think it's concerning when he's like our number one guy to really focus on and he's just on any other team, a rotation guy. I think that says it right there. TJ Edwards does have a big upside potential. So I'm excited for that. And then Duke Riley, I was telling you this before, is I was surprised last year when we did get trade for him and barely saw him. We really only saw him on special teams until the end of the year. And that surprised me because I was excited for him to come in. So I'm expecting him to actually play a big part and hopefully live up to what I expected him to be last year. Yeah, and they also um, just announced their their captains as well. And he is a special teams captain. So Duke Riley and Craig James are your special teams captains, actually. So, so yeah, they, they do think really highly of him. They really like him. Obviously, they went out and traded for him last year because they wanted to bring him in here. And I like the energy that he, he brings. He, does, he has that, like, the thing that I liked the most, especially about Kamu Grugier-Hill, was when he would play on special teams as well, he was no matter if he was the one who made the tackle from the jump he was always he was always around the play and he always yeah. had a hand in what they were doing because of that energy that he had so i really like that aspect that duke riley brings especially from the special team side and if he can also kind of bring that to the actual defense i think you know individually i don't love any of these linebackers no as a collective unit I think it. I, I I think it's one of the more interesting ones we have had in the last few years as a whole. Yeah. So so next up we have the corners, Craig James, um, who we also just mentioned. They must really like. They just gave him an extension. He's also a captain now. Also this year, Doug selected the captains, so he selected Craig James as a captain. Craven LeBlanc, Avante Maddox, Nickel Roby Coleman, and Darius Slay. Obviously, trading for Darius Slay. Number one offseason move. Super excited to see him play and and see what he can give to this defense. Now the number one or the number two corner on the opposite side of him is going to be Avante Maddox. But I think the most notable, it, I don't think it was most notable who made the roster. Smell ya, Sidney Jones and Russell Douglas. Yeah. Sidney Jones is the shocking one, I think. 
Yeah, I was actually pretty surprised they let him go. I think Rasul Douglas is going – I think he was picked up by the Panthers. He's going to be fine down there. If they actually play him as a safety, he'll be fine. He wasn't a corner. He was a safety. Play him as a safety, and you're going to be fine. Sydney, though, I still – support them taking him where they took him. I don't think that was a bad choice. It didn't work out. Gives me Fultz vibes. Is it because they went to the same school? I wasn't even thinking that, actually. I didn't even think of that. Wow. Well, that adds on to it. It's really Fultz vibes now. No, I was just saying because I think he was in his head because he did have glimpses last year where he showed what he could do. He just wasn't able to be consistent. And I think a lot of it, you see him on Twitter a lot, he probably has – the condition, I don't know if I would say a condition, but like where he's looking and seeing what Philly fans are saying all the time, which you can't do when you're not performing at peak level all the time in Philly. Yeah. I I think that he just, he, he didn't perform up to what we thought he was capable of. And another one of those guys where, you know what, I, I wish him the best and I hope he does have success. I guess he was picked up by Jacksonville. I, I hope he does well down there unless he's like starts bad mouthing Philly, then I, you will never exist. But it, I do hope he has success, and I hope he just needed a change of scenery. But I can also appreciate that they finally – they admitted defeat on it. You know what I mean? Like, they swallowed their pride and were just kind of like, all right, this didn't work out. We have to do something better instead of letting this hold us back at this point. And that's something the Eagles don't usually do, and I'm pretty excited about that. And then the last kind of section of the defense, aside from – so obviously special teams, Jake Elliott, Cameron Johnson, Rick Lovato, they were kind of given. Um, yeah. But last last round of defense is the safety. So Marcus Epps, who Sam just mentioned, Jim Schwartz said, was one of his most improved players of the, of the offseason, of the training camp. So excited to see him kind of come back and see what he has there. Um, Rudy Ford, who the Eagles traded for early last season, um, who, again, played a lot of special teams for them. Um, we'll see what they do in terms of rotational players now based on the fact that Malcolm Jenkins is no longer here. Um, And then you have Rodney McLeod, who is a defensive captain as well. Um, Will Parks, who is now on the IR. And the two that I am so excited about, Kayvon Wallace out of Clemson. I am ecstatic to watch this guy play. And Jalen Mills, I am over the moon that they finally moved him to safety where he belongs. He's not a coverage corner. He cannot do it. There's a reason he constantly gets burned on the outside, but is phenomenal in the red zone. There are reasons because he's a safety. So I really, I'm excited to watch him play, excited to watch him kind of stuff the box a little bit and come up and play and be able to help stop the run, open field tackle. Like the things that he is good at, he is finally in the position to let that shine instead of watching the things that he can't do what do you think about this safety group no I agree with you I think Mills will obviously lead the pack and I think he is where he belongs and I feel like you've been saying that forever now so good job Jess it's finally happening so So excited for you (laughs) thank you I am a genius you are you are (laughs) and obviously Rodney McLeod I like him I think he's good he'll hold his own and then I agree with you I'm very excited for Kayvon Wallace. And I think it's because of my deep burning love for Brian Dawkins. So a safety out of Clemson, I just automatically am like, <gasps> like hard eyes, hard eyes. I love you. So until he actually, or until he actually poops the bed, <laughs> then I think 
he can do no wrong. I would actually venture to say he is my favorite draft pick of this year. And I say that because I think at that point of who was available in the fourth round and where they were, he was the obvious choice. Like, we talked about this yesterday. How rare is it that there is, like, the best guy on the board and the Eagles go, yep, we'll take him. Like, sometimes I just want the the top guys out of the, the Clemsons, out of the Alabamas, out of the LSUs. Like, I just – I want those players sometimes. I want them to just be like, you know what? Clemson had a pretty good defense. Let's take this safety who turned up at Clemson. Like, thank you, Howie, for that pick. I am so excited to see this kid play. So yeah. looking at this entire defense, what are your is your point that you think is the weakest link of the defense, and what is your key to success for this defense? The weakest link, we already basically said it, no shocker, linebackering or linebacker core, I think. Yeah, linebackering. <laughs> <laughs> but the linebacking. Now. That's, that's, that's our word now. <laughs> um, I think that's obviously the weakest spot for this defense. Um, they don't really have a big name even a start there. So I think it's just kind of just be them holding up their own. And I think that's going to be a key is them holding their own to keep this defense solid. Because I think we do overall have a good, we have a very good defense. And as long as everybody plays up and stays healthy, I think that's going to be good enough. I totally agree with you on the key to success. Kind of, again, same as the offense, everyone kind of staying healthy and and being prepared to go because on paper, this should be a fairly decent defense. My biggest concern is still at the cornerback position. And I only say that because I, I'm, I'm interested to see if this is an instance where we have a, we finally have a true number one corner. So Jim Schwartz just says, okay, you week one are going to, going to follow Terry McLaurin around week two. You're going to follow a, a Cooper cup around week three. You're going to follow AJ Green. Like, are, is he just going to follow the number one receiver? Because, I mean, think about some of the guys we do play. Those guys I just mentioned, they also are going to play the Steelers and have to face you know, a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster. The Cowboys, I mean, their wide receiver core is no joke, right? So not only do they have Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, they're going to play the Browns and Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. The Seahawks, you still have DK who, who burnt you on t- multiple occasions last year. Devontae Adams, you're playing the Saints, Michael Thomas. I mean, you've got some questions in there that are you just going to have Darius run around or is it going to be, you know, he's going to be on one side and put someone else on the other side. And if Avante is that other starting outside corner, I mean, Avante is small by football standards. So he played well in the slot last year, but, you know, how is he going to fare on the outside? So there's, you know, of these this group, there, there's not really a name that I, I feel confident in opposite Darius Slay, but I do hope someone surprises me. With Darius taking over, most likely taking over the best receiver on every team playing man, do you have the confidence in Maddox? And you basically, yeah. yeah. I don't not have the confidence in Maddox, but I think it, there's like a level that he almost can't reach necessarily and I mean that like physically like I feel like there are going to be times when he physically gets out jumped because he's he's just smaller you know what I mean um I really like the way he plays I let I I 
don't have any issue with him being the number two corner. I just think that there are going to be times where he is a little bit outmatched and that's not something that can really be sought. Like, cause Darius like can't be in two places at once. You know what I mean? Like yeah. someone is going to have to be with Amari Cooper while the other one is with CD lamb. Like you're going to have to figure that out somehow. And that's one of those things where it's like, okay, how do you do this? And you can't let things like what happened in Minnesota last year with Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs just running free everywhere. Like that can't happen because you saw yeah. how that ends. <laughs> Not pretty yeah. fake field goal attempts. That's where that ends. I think this year is going to be a big test for Maddox on just exactly what type of player he is because he is going to be targeted a lot more. Obviously they're not going to willingly throw to slay a lot. So I think he is going to get a lot more action and we'll actually be able to tell what type of player he is. Yeah. Well, that is the first half of our episode. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to give you a full season prediction of win loss records for the Eagles. And we will also talk about our score prediction for Sunday against the Washington football team. And our big announcement is coming in the second half as well. You are listening to The Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back into Babes on Broad. As Jess just teased, we are going to give our season predictions. Before we do overall, we're going to go game by game. All right. You ready? I'm ready. I'm just going to rattle them off, and you're just going to give me win or loss. Okay. Let me follow along my column so I do not get it confused. Week one at Washington. Win. Week two versus the Rams. Win. Week three versus the Bengals. This one's tough because you don't know how they're going to do just yet because there's hype. There hasn't been preseason. You don't know. So right now, just to be careful, I have it as a loss because I think they might get upset because they don't know what they're dealing with. I also forgot to jump in and give my own in this process. I have week one win, week two win, and I have week three as a win, but it's one of those – that I agree with you, it could easily be one of those losses that just hurts my soul until they play the next game. Yeah. Week four, Sunday night football at the 49ers. I think they win. I also think they win. I think they start 4-0. Week five at the Steelers. Win. See, I have, I have that one as a loss. They're going to start 4-0. They're going to come off a really 
a great game, Sunday night football, feeling good, and they're going to lay an egg in Pittsburgh. That is my prediction. I'm going to lose against the Bengals and the Steelers. It's just PA pride. <laughs> That's fair enough. Week six versus the Ravens. I have a win, but that was a tough one. I was telling you I was going back and forth with that one, but I ultimately did it as a win. Yep. It's going to be the same thing. Going to be one of those, and I think it's going to depend on how they play the Steelers the week before. If they lose against the Steelers, I think they're going to beat the Ravens. If they beat the Steelers, they're going to lose to the Ravens. I just think that's how that's going to go. Um, week seven versus the Giants. Win. Dub. Absolutely dub. Have to. Uh, week eight, Sunday night football versus the Dallas Cowboys. Week eight is the bye. Week nine. No, it's the next week. Oh, okay. I so the next one. So it's after. Perfect. perfect. That actually works better for my predictions. Okay. Week eight versus the Cowboys. Sunday night football. I have it as a loss, but only because I see them splitting with the Cowboys this year because I think they're evenly matched. And then before this game, I have four wins. So I think they, they mess up this one with the Cowboys. So I'm never, ever, ever in anything I ever do going to pick the Dallas Cowboys ever, 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 ever. So I have both of them listed as a win, but realistically, I agree with you. I think they're going to split, and I would, same thing, much rather than win that game end of December. I have more confidence in that game in the end of December because we talked about this. Dakota does not have a clutch gene in his body. <laughs> so, okay, then they have their bye week, week nine, which I love. I love how these last couple of years they've had a nice you know, mid-season yeah. bye week. Remember Carson's rookie year? They had a week four bye week, and it was just a mess. Yeah. Week 10 at the Giants. Win. Week, I also have a win there. Okay. Week 11 at the Browns. Win. I have that as a loss. One of those, again, I think, I don't know why. I just don't have a good feeling about that game. Week 12 at home, Monday Night Football versus the Seahawks. I, they never can beat the Seahawks. They didn't last year Monday Night Football. So I'm going to say it's also a loss this year. I'm going to put that as a win. I have the confidence they are going to do it. Russell oh. Wilson has never lost to the Eagles. It is time. Okay? It's time. I'm not. Yeah, but I'd rather be in a playoff than regular season game. Unless it you know what? Up. Both. Both. <laughs> We're going to sweep them. Every time. <laughs> uh, week 13 at the Packers. I have a loss again. I, I think not, they went in the Lambo just last year and they got that win and pulled it off. I don't see them doing it again. So loss. Yeah, I think a lot of things were in their favor last year. They came off a bad loss. It was a short week for them. So they, they were looking to put that out of their brains. They were super focused going in. And, you know, it took a little bit of luck for them to win as well yeah. with the goal line interception. So I now, granted, I do not think the Packers are going to be very good this year. Same. But playing in Lambeau, totally different. Yeah. But I also don't know. Now, I don't know what each NFL team has set for their fan stipulations. Like, I know the Eagles don't have any fans all year, right? But that's all that really matters to me. Wow, that's interesting. Cowboys are going to have fans. Jerry, Jerry's not letting that go. Like, I think the Steelers are going to have fans because things in Western Pennsylvania are much different than they are here. So I, so I don't know. So I don't know if there's going to be fans in Lambeau, especially if there are fans in Lambeau. You know, that changes things. If there aren't. Not even think of that. That's crazy. Because just thinking about, like, teams like the Seahawks with the 12th man. Right. That's very interesting to see how that works for them this year. Yeah. 
So it, it'll be interesting for sure. So week 14, home versus the Saints. Another loss. They have three losses in a row. I have that as a win. I think they'll come back and, and they'll they'll beat the Saints. They have something to, to prove against the Saints, I think. Well, my thing is I would love that, and I think that would be awesome, and I could also see that happening. But I literally say it all the time. I think it's so hard to beat a team twice sure. in one season, especially in a football game. So I just – if they have to lose one game, I'd rather them lose to the Saints in a regular season when it doesn't mean too much instead of in a playoff game. So I'm hoping they lose this one and win the playoff. Week 15 at the Cardinals. Win. That has 2019 Miami Dolphins game written <laughs> all over it. So much has that written all over it. So I think that's going to be a loss because they're going to come out and get punched in the mouth just for being unprepared and doing dumb things. Week 16 at Dallas. Win. Absolutely. And week 17 versus the Washington football team. Win. Adding this up, you what do you what record do you have them at? Based off of my predictions I just gave, I have them at 11 and 5. But I think that could happen, but I think that's on the optimistic end. I could realistically see them being more of a 10 and 6 team, so I think there might be a game in there where they shouldn't lose, but they will lose. So I'm going to say 11 and five on paper, but realistically, I think they're 10 and 16. I am completely with you on that. Uh, adding mine up one, two, three, four. I have them at 12 and four. So optimistic. Very optimistic. So optimistic. <laughs> realistically, I think they're a 10 and six football team. Agree with you completely. They're a nine and seven, they're a 10 and six. I also think whatever that is, we'll be able to win the division because the Cowboys are going to go eight and eight as they do. The Giants are going to be exhausted from running laps in practice. And the Washington football team is called the Washington football team. Like the, <laughs> I, what, what relevance do they have? You have that good defense and with Ron Rivera going through that, I think it would be cool if they did rally behind that. Agreed. And Absolutely. I hope they have success with his treatments and stuff. Yeah, but I just I yeah, so I realistically think they're 10 and 6, 9 and 7. There are those couple games in there. I think the Bengals game, that's one of those that could go either way. Mm -hmm. Um the that Ravens Steelers thing, I you know, I don't know if they win both of those games. It's splitting with Dallas somewhere and like you said, that Saints game maybe we'll see. And um, I just think that there, there's going to be at least one or two, if not three in there, that they should win and end up losing because that's what happens. Um, last year, I went super optimistic and thought, you know what, if they're going to be the team I think they are, they also have to win the big games, right? Like they can't, they can't win all these games, but then lose to the Seahawks, the Patriots, the Falcons, the like lose to all the contenders, right? Well. They beat some of them, and they lost to most of them, and lost to other ones that they shouldn't have lost to. So I am going a little bit more on the conservative side instead of saying 16 and 0, like I usually do. Yeah. But I hope they prove me wrong, and they go 16 and 0. So going back to that, so week one, Washington football team. What are your keys to success, and what is your score prediction? Yeah, we both have them winning, but I have them winning big. So Ooh. I think, yeah, so I think the – Key to success is going to be the offensive line proving right out of the gate against that D or the defensive line from Washington that they're going to protect Carson and they can hold up. But um, I do not expect 
um, Miles Sanders to have that big of a game because I think the defense, they're not going to have that chemistry right out of the gate because they've been so here and there with all the injuries and moving around and all that. So I'm not expecting Miles to get much, but I am expecting a 34-13 to 13 win for the Eagles, and I'm excited to see new baby daddy Carson going long to Deshaun. I think that's going to be the key to the game. Our scores are a little different. I still think they're going to win, but I have them winning 30-21. to 21. I think the defense is going to scramble and struggle at some point in there, like they do. Um, I still think that they're going to be able to to hold on enough, though. I just think that quite possibly the issue with the second corner might become a thing in this game just a little bit, maybe some confusion in the secondary here and there. Um, but I think that the key for success for them, 100% agree with you, is going to be that offensive line, giving Carson enough protection to do what he needs to do with the football. Like you said, is it going to be enough to be able to get the run game going? I don't know, but I still expect Deshaun Jackson to be able to burn past Ronald Darby multiple times. <laughs> I expect uh, so, that to happen. So excited. So excited. So 34, 13, 30, yep. 21. And I am going to make sure I keep track of all of our score predictions this year. So we have them all in one spot and we don't have to go back and find them at the end of the year. So we'll see who ends up being closer on some of these or if we just are totally off. Battle the babes. Love it. Love it. <laughs> well, we are about to wrap up our show. However, before we do that, our announcement. So now, instead of just hearing us throughout the week for our episodes, you can pregame with us before Ooh. Eagles game. So we'll have a live pregame show. We'll be going live on Instagram and a couple other places. We'll keep we'll keep you posted on that. We'll tweet out links and all that good stuff. But we'll be able to interact with you while we quote unquote tailgate every week. Obviously, we are not tailgating at Lincoln Financial Field. And there's not much traveling gonna happen because there's a lot of crazy things going on in the world, but we wanna be able to see and hear how everyone is tailgating, how everyone's pre-gaming Eagles games this year, obviously without being able to go to the link and do it all together. We know you don't wanna sit at home and watch NFL Network or Fox or CBS just crap all over the Eagles and tell you how zero chance they have in this game and how you know Dak's better than Carson and all that crap but they love to spew out there, you can just get pumped with us. We'll talk yeah. birds, bring on some guests, tailgate food, drinks. I know. I'm so, I'm so excited for this because I think we also, obviously everybody knows we do our tailgate drink of the, or the week. Yeah. Drink of the week. And we do our recipe of the week. We didn't do it this week because we're slacking a little bit. We've got a lot going on, you know, working out the kinks, but I'm very excited for it because we can give it out our second episode leading into the preview of the week. And then we can actually party with you guys, seeing if you're doing it, eating, drinking, hear from you guys. And then also it's really cool with the whole social media nowadays and technology, because then we'll also be able to hopefully go live and actually invite listeners in on Instagram and see what they're doing and see their pregame tailgate. So it'll be a lot of fun. And I think Philly knows how to party and pregame and tailgate. No matter so, what. Yeah. So. so 
got to make sure that you are following us on everything on social media, on the show accounts, as well as us personally, so you can make sure that you get all this information and are able to find us live. But that is our episode for the day. So thank you to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Follow us on everything. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating, written review, all that good stuff. And make sure you follow on the social media so you can tune in Sunday for our first live pregame show. Woo! Go Birds! Go Birds! Thank you again for listening. We're the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. BGN. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.